Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Me. 
pray. God, for this day we give you thanks. For the people seated beside us, we give you thanks. For the meal we get to enjoy with family and friends this week, we give you thanks. And for the ways we will be more aware and provide for those who need food this week, we give you thanks for this space and this time where we get to come together and worship you, we give thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Music of 
is now time in our service for the prayer of admission. You can find it in your bulletin. We will read it together in a moment. I want to remind us that when we do this, the prayer of admission, when we say this, we are not doing this to berate ourselves, to condemn ourselves, to shame ourselves. We are doing this to remind ourselves, to remind ourselves that we are children of a loving God, to remind ourselves that we are beloved by God and that we are forgiven by God. So with a sincere desire, with an open heart and humbling of ourselves, let us say the prayer of admission together followed by a moment of silence. Let us pray. God, this is your world, the earth and everything in it. We confess that we don't always see the world this way. We want to control our destiny and we do so by trying to control what it is around us. Free us from our desire to control what is yours. Forgive us for the ways we both knowingly and unknowingly go against you and against your creation. Give us clean hearts. Family, there is good news today. We are forgiven. We thank God for Jesus, our Savior. We are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Before we jump into the gospel reading from Mark, I want to situate us within the story. So Jesus and his followers are on their way to Jerusalem. And along the way, Jesus pulls aside his 12 disciples and he tells them what's gonna happen next. He can see things that they cannot see and he takes this moment to be really honest with them. He tells them that the Son of Man, who we know is him, Jesus, the Son of Man 
is going to be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes who will condemn him to death. And then they will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and flog him and kill him on a cross. And after three days, he will rise from the dead. Well, hearing this, two of the disciples, James and John, they pull Jesus over and they say, Jesus, we want you to give us anything we want. And Jesus says to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they, says, they say, we want to be seated on your right and on your left. Those are the highest seats of honor. And Jesus says, it cannot be so. He humbles their egos. As they continue their walk towards Jerusalem where these things will take place, this is what happens next. You can read with me, Mark 10, I'm reading verse 46. They came to Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was around, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Well, many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still. He said, call him here. So they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, my teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately Bartimaeus regained his sight and followed Jesus on the way. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Title of today's sermon is, What Do You Want Jesus to Do for You? In both of these stories, the one with James and John and the one with Bartimaeus, Jesus asks the same question. What do you want me to do for you? And this is significant. At least it hit a nerve for those of us gathering for Bible study on the Gospel of Mark a few months ago. Isn't that what we want more than anything? For someone to look at us and say, what do you want me to do for you and actually mean it? Don't we want someone who actually has the power to do something like Jesus to ask us that question and actually do something about our request? As people who often pray God's will be done instead of our own, it is significant to realize that Jesus actually cares what each of us wants. Many of us in that Bible study, we had, you know, some dust in our eyes, thinking about how Jesus, our Savior, wants to hear from us the answer to this question, what do you want me to do for you? 
For some of us, that might, the answer might be, I really want you, Jesus, to make this chemo treatment work so that I can move on with my life. Or I really want clarity on my career. Or I really wanna know which friends of mine I can trust. I want a parent who sees me for who I am. I want a life partner to share this load of all these adult decisions. I want a child. I want a raise at work so I don't have to worry about those bills that just keep coming. We can imagine Bartimaeus. He's blind, right? He has no source of income and he is left to beg for food on the street. All right, this section right here, y'all are lucky. This is like the splash zone. Can y'all stand up? All right, so I want you to imagine you're in a public square, right? And you are surrounded by people who are standing up trying to get close to Jesus. And Bartimaeus is on the ground. And he's sitting on the ground because it's the safest place for him to be as a blind man. See, if he's standing up, he could get jostled around, right? People might think and assume that he can see and bump into him because he's not getting out of the way. And so he is on the ground and he stays close to the ground and he uses his ears to listen. Y'all can sit back down, thank you. You did a good job. So he's on the ground and he's using his ears to listen for Jesus. And he hears people begin to talk about him. Like before he even hears Jesus' voice, he hears these crowds of people begin to talk about him and to, to share the miracles that they've witnessed with their own eyes about how he's healed people, how he's removed illnesses, how he's gotten people up from the bed. Bartimaeus cannot see Jesus with his eyes, but he can hear him. He can sense when he is near. So when Bartimaeus picks up that Jesus is close by, he's on the ground, remember, and he just starts shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And you can imagine the adults, the people around him are just shushing him, right? Like he is acting way out of turn. But Bartimaeus, he doesn't listen to humans or social boundaries or custom. He wants to be healed. He's willing to risk the mockery and the ridicule, even potential violence that might happen to him for speaking out of turn. He yells several times until he catches Jesus' attention. Jesus, hearing Bartimaeus stand still, he starts to listen. And he calls to the crowd to bring this man near to him. Come, he says. And I've got to imagine that Bartimaeus can't really hear Jesus right on the ground. And so he waits for those same people who were shushing him to turn and decide that, oh, he's a newfound celebrity if Jesus wants to talk to him. And so they say, look, we'll escort you to Jesus. Bartimaeus, he throws off his cloak. Y'all, this is significant. 
In this period of time, that cloak was like the most expensive possession one had. It's what kept him warm, especially as a blind beggar. That, that cloak might have been everything he has. And what does he do? When Jesus calls to him, he throws it off. Yo, he's blind. He can't pick it back up. It's going to be gone by the time he comes back. He doesn't care. He throws it off and he walks over to Jesus. And when he makes it to Jesus, he asks, Jesus asks this one question, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Surely Jesus knows, right? Surely Jesus already knows what Bartimaeus will say for his vulnerability. It's visible. He is blind. He's a beggar. Of course he wants his sight Of course he wants his sight because then he can get a job and then he can be respectable in the community again. But Jesus is wiser than we are. Jesus does not assume what the vulnerable needs. He asks them. Jesus knows that the most lasting and transformative bonds between humans are always through weakness rather than strength. And Jesus wants this interaction with Bartimaeus to be the start of a relationship, not just some transaction. So he meets Bartimaeus where he is. He honors his integrity by asking this question, what do you want me to do for you? You know, we have to acknowledge that this isn't the like magic genie in Disney's Aladdin granting us free wishes. This is our Savior, Jesus, asking us what we want him to do for us. And we know from these two examples in Scripture, side by side, James and John, Bartimaeus, that there are, there are wrong and right answers to this question. Remember James and John, they came from their egos They see how important Jesus is. Everybody in Jerusalem's waiting for him to come. So important that the chief priests and the scribes are are letting go of whatever they had on their calendar for that day to attend to Jesus. They see how important he is. They do not see the sacrifice required. They do not see what Jesus is about to do. They don't even really fully see who Jesus is. They answer his question by asking for prestige and power, a title, a place. And Jesus says, no. Enamored with worldly treasures and virtues, Jesus says, no. But Bartimaeus, who doesn't dream at all of prestige and power, he's used to being mocked and spit on and tripped over. He wants sight. He wants to see Jesus. He wants to see where Jesus is going so he can follow him. It would have been near impossible for Bartimaeus as a blind beggar sitting outside of Jericho among the crowds to follow Jesus. Unless someone were to take care of him, right? Feed him, walk him, share what little dimes they have in their pocket. But if he can see, he can move his feet on his own to follow Jesus. A lot hinges on that question, what do you want me to do for you? For our answer exposes our heart. 
our values, our allegiance. I think the question for each of us today reading these words of scripture is do we have clarity, the clarity of the blind beggar? Perhaps for some of us, our vulnerability is visible like Bartimaeus to the outside world. And maybe even if it's not visible to us, ask a few people near us, they can point out our blind spots. But perhaps our vulnerability is hidden, more like James and John. Perhaps our dependency on the economics of this world blinds our sight for where Jesus is leading us. Perhaps our ego is the greatest obstacle in our way. Perhaps the reason we feel so distant from Jesus and we don't understand what he is saying is that we think too highly of ourselves and our own inherent goodness. A friend of mine came to church here at Downtown Church recently, and he doesn't typically go to church. And afterward, he said, I sure hope y'all don't do that prayer of admission every Sunday. I said, well, we do. He said, well, I think that's a bad idea, Dawn. I said, tell me more. He said, you're basically just reminding all of us how awful we are every Sunday. I said, you're right. That is exactly what we're doing. We do it every single Sunday. We start off worship every single Sunday because we need to be humbled to our knees, to the ground where Bartimaeus was. We need that, right? Otherwise, what's the use in having a savior? We need to be reminded that we need Jesus to save us. We need Jesus to ask us the question, what do you need me to do for you? And answering that question, Especially this time of year, you know, getting ready for Christmas, about to write that letter with my four-year-old son to Santa. There's this temptation to make it um, consumer-driven, you know? But the question Jesus asks us is more communal than that. It isn't about us, even though the answer is deeply rooted in our personal story. It's about how being connected in a community leads us to Christ. Bartimaeus wants sight, right? It's personal for him. It will have incredible impact on his personal lived experience, but it also leads him to follow Jesus, to witness the cross and to tell others what he has seen with his eyes. It furthers God's mission in Christ. Who knows, Bartimaeus could have helped start with the movement of getting the church off the ground. Maybe he was one of the leading voices in telling people about who Jesus is. Maybe he was one of the donors that helped make the church start and kept it going over time. When we engage with Jesus, when we eagerly throw our cloaks down and run to him, when we share that deepest desire the ones that go belief beneath the surface of consumerism to what we actually deep down want, Jesus changes us. When our hearts are open to Jesus, he takes them carefully and he points them in the direction of the community where his mission has always been. This afternoon, Downtown Church um, member, Jeannie Sullivan, she's gonna lead us in this workshop called Genius Swap. And in the workshop, she's gonna lead us through some questions of self-discovery to get below that question, what do we actually want? And 
what are we actually really good at? What do we love to do? What are we so good at that we don't even realize it's a unique area of genius for us? She's gonna help us identify that, that area of genius and also our needs because we have both. And then in real time, she's gonna help us in the community connect those areas of genius, the things that we can share with the areas of our deepest desire and need. It's a secular model, but it does exactly what Jesus does through Bartimaeus and the crowd. It points us to each other. It strengthens the community. Bartimaeus' genius, I think, is knowing who Jesus is. He couldn't see with his eyes, but he recognized Jesus as the son of David. He called him by name before the, G- the disciples could. And his genius became a gift to the community, not just around those around Jesus when he, they recognized him, but it extends to each one of us who hear the story even today. Sharing his genius, knowing who Jesus is, allowed him to receive his greatest need, his sight. Our genius and our needs, they are interwoven And often I've found that Jesus gives us our wants through each other. So I want you to consider how much Jesus cares about you. To ask you the question, what do you want me to do for you? And then consider how much Jesus sees in you and what you have to offer the community. And if you're brave, come back here at one. And see with your eyes just what God can do. Thanks be to God. Amen. Once your girl I'm always your girl When I'm here, when I'm there On a plane headed somewhere You were staring down the cars Hoping it would be one of ours Children and grandchildren Riding your car How long were you waiting for me To make a left down your street
a gift every time we get to come gather around this table together to retell the story of who Jesus is and the sacrifice that he made for us and what this bread and cup does for us when we take it together. Uh, we do have gluten-free bread and grape juice that I'll have in front of the table here and all other stations will have sourdough bread and wine for you to choose. I remind us that this table uh, does not belong to me. It doesn't belong to Pastor Charles. It doesn't belong to downtown church or to the Presbyterian church. This table belongs to Jesus. And because of that, there is a seat here for each one of you. Anyone who is willing and curious to learn about Jesus is welcome to come and taste that he is good. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Let us pray. It is right to give our thanks and praise to you, O God, for you set the stars and planets in motion. You created all that we know and you made it good. We give thanks to you, O Lord, that even though we fell in sin, you continue to seek us out and forgive us. We give you thanks for sending your son, Jesus, to live among us, to teach us and heal us and show us the way to your kingdom. We praise you joining our voices with choirs of angels and with the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of you. 
We give you thanks, O Lord, for this bread and this cup, these simple gifts that you make extraordinary, where you enter in mysteriously and are present with us in real ways. We pray now using the words Jesus taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We remember on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was at supper with his friends. And after they had eaten, he took bread and he blessed it. And he broke it saying these strange words. He said, this is my body broken and given for you. Take, eat, don't forget. In the same way, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the saving death of the risen Lord until he comes again. Let us pray. O oh, gracious God, may we who have received the sacrament live in the unity of your Holy Spirit, that we may show forth your gifts and the genius within that you have endowed us all with to all of the world. We ask this in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Anytime I've seen Jesus answer our prayers, it has profound impact on the whole community. It is a gift to see. So as we go from this place, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit may it be with us and with all those we love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.